Good evening, everyone, and we want to welcome you to our Thrive. This is God's favorite house. We welcome you especially to our Thrive. Thrive is our midweek worship experience, and it's our Bible study time, and it currently holds every Wednesday at 6 p.m. So if today is your first time of joining us online, please give us a thumbs up on the channel wherever you are on, and the online pastors will be more than happy to welcome you. Um, we'd also want to encourage you to join us on us at our Sunday worship experiences, which holds at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And God will surely bless you for it. So we say welcome again to everyone. So we began the study of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, um, about eight weeks ago, and it has been so amazing, so, so amazing. Um, last week, we studied chapter eight, and some of the things that we learned there was that, number one, we have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven, and his name is Jesus Christ. Isn't that so amazing? We have a high priest. He sits at the throne with God the Father. That is amazing. Then we also learned that Jesus paid the one-off subscription fee for our sin. He paid the full price, one-off price for all of our sin. And then we also learned that the old covenant was canceled and it was replaced with a new and a better one. I'd like to encourage us, um, if you missed it, please go on to YouTube and watch it again uh if you just want to refresh your memory the word of god is always fresh you know praise the lord this week we'll be looking at chapter 9 of hebrews and we will commence by reading the entire chapter praise god hallelujah so hebrews chapter 9 says that first covenant between god and israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth there were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a, a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place. In that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties, verse 7. But only the high priests ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. 
By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. Verse 10. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. Verse 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. The will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. Verse 18. That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using high soap branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, in it which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. Verse 24. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, 
And after that comes judgment. Verse 28. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Apollos, which we have, you know, agreed is the writer of this book of Hebrews, um, verses 1 to 5, he starts this chapter by telling us about how the first covenant had regulations as well as the place of worship, which was the tabernacle. And then he goes on to describe the contents of the tabernacle. Now, the structure of the tabernacle back in the day had, of course, um, the outer court. You had the outer court where the Levites could be. And then you had the main structure of the tabernacle itself. And within the tabernacle, there were two rooms. So you had the first room, which was a holy place where all the priests could, you know, go in. And then you had the most holy place where only the high priest could enter and he could enter it once in a year. Now, we're not going to do an in-depth study of, of the tabernacle today. However, since Apollos mentioned the things that were in the tabernacle, I would like us to just quickly do a very brief review of the things as mentioned. Okay, so I like to think in pictures. So um, I'm going to ask that CMM to show us the first picture, which was, which is rather the picture of an outer court. Yes, so here we have the tabernacle as it was in those days there is the tabernacle structure itself and then you had the brazen lava outside and then every other thing was outside so let's have the second view which will show us the two rooms so we could we can see the two rooms divided by the curtain in the most holy place we have the ark and then in the first place we have um um, we have the other items. And in the first room, we have the lampstand. So the lampstand was put in there. So we have the lampstand, and the lampstand was put in there. So basically, for me, when I looked at the lampstand, I said, wow, this lampstand, the, the priest will come in, and then they will light up the lampstand, which is like, you know, the light of the world. Jesus, Jesus says, you know, that I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And everyone that comes to Jesus can see the light easily. Everyone that comes to Jesus can see the light easily. You know, sorry, just trying to, okay. Great, yes. So the lamp, so the, temp, the, the priest will come in and then light up the lamp and then, you know, it will bring illumination so basically the holy spirit will come bring illumination to say this is the way to the most holy place and the word of god says in john chapter 8 verse 12 jesus said i am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life so we need the light of god to illuminate our way into the most holy place praise the lord Hallelujah. So next up, we're going to show the table that had the sacred loaves of bread, which was um, 12 loaves of bread that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And literally, that's just 
you know, shows the communion between God and the children of Israel. And because we are um, Abraham's descendants, we also have, we have that covenant. We have the Abrahamic covenant. And so this shows us that God is ready to sustain us through it all. No matter what comes our way, he has made provisions for us. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And today we share in the Holy Communion, you know, to show us that, yes, we can partake in this bread of life who is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So now we're going to move on to the next room. The next room, there was a curtain, and behind the curtain, of course, was the most holy place. And in that most holy place, first thing that we see there is the, we see the gold incense altar. And, of course, then we have the wooden chests, which is the Ark of the Covenant which is the Ark of the Covenant. So let's show up the, the picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Beautiful. So the Ark of the Covenant. In, within the Ark of the Covenant, we have Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, the stone tablets of the Covenant, and then, of course, the, the um, cherubim that covered the mercy seat. Praise the Lord. So um, I'm just going to do a quick review of what these things can mean for us number one the lampstand of course i think i've talked about that earlier on you know when the spirit of the lord hovered and said let there be light god said let there be light the earth was dark it was void nobody could see anywhere nobody could see anything and the first thing that god did was let there be light he spoke light into being and jesus says i am the light of the world and the sacred loaves of bread which shows that God will always sustain us no matter what happens. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, whoever believes in me, will never be hungry, will never be thirsty again. And the gold incense altar, now I'm going to pause there for a bit. The gold incense altar, the priests would come in and, you know, they'll bring the fats and the blood from the animals and they will burn it and they will offer up an incense morning and evening. And this brought me back to when Papi taught us um, traction, getting spiritual traction. He says one of the ways of getting spiritual traction is to get time with God every day. Get time with God every day. David says in Psalm 141 verse 2, he says, Accept my prayer as an incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. Get time with God every day. Raise up your incense of prayer and offering before God. And of course, we have the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's tangible presence amongst his people, you know, on earth. Praise God. And this most holy place was only accessible by the high priest once a year. But Jesus Christ came. And gave us access by his blood, by the precious blood. At any point in time, we have access to the throne room. And not just that, Jesus Christ's blood is the complete atonement. Because Jesus Christ, our high priest, holds the signet of eternal 
priestly authority. Hallelujah. So we'll move on to verse 6 and 8. It says, When these things were in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duty. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. So we see, you know, that the, the high priest will first of all sort himself out. You know, as Pastor Richard um, explained last week, he would sort himself out, sprinkle the blood, atone for his own sin before attempting to atone for the sin of other people. I want to encourage us again to please go back and listen to that message of Hebrews chapter 8 again. Despite all of this arrangement, there was still an issue. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't sufficient to cleanse us from all the sin. Imagine only the high priest could go in once a year, once a year, once a year into the throne room. This is the same throne room that we have access to by the blood of Jesus every second, every time. You know, and it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing that God would send his son, Jesus Christ, to make this available for us. God always wants a relationship with man. And the high priest, you know, part of what Pastor Richard shared, the high priest can only go in once after he has atoned for himself. And I think sometime ago, Papi shared with us on how that works. You know, the high priest, they'll tie a rope on his body and, you know, he will go in with the sacrifice in case he got struck and, you know, died. No other person could go in, only the high priest. So it is that rope that they used to check that, is this man alive or is this man dead? And with that rope, if he's dead, they'll just gently pull him out. And today we have people that are visiting occultic prophets and they are sacrificing all sorts of things. Looking for, they are sacrificing animals, they are doing all sorts. You need to stop it. There is only one sacrifice that has been made. And that sacrifice pays for everything. That sacrifice gives us full access to the throne room. That sacrifice is the only sacrifice required for everything in this life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So now there was a veil, right, that was covering the holy place and the that was separating the holy place from the most holy place. And that veil kept man legalistic, you know, because then you have to sacrifice the right animal, the one that is without blemish, you know, every year in, year out, people will just keep bringing all sorts of animals and blood sacrifices. But God said, no, one sacrifice, one precious sacrifice that was without blemish will pay the full price. And that is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Our one of subscription fee, as Pastor Richard put it, one of subscription fee paid completely. Isn't that so amazing? Hallelujah. So move on to verse 8 to 9. I'm reading from the Amplified um, Classic Version. It says, By this the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the Holy of Holies is not yet thrown open. As long as the former tabernacle remains a recognized institution and is still standing. 
saying that that first tabernacle was a parable. In it, in it, gifts and sacrifices were offered and yet are incapable of perfecting the conscience or of cleansing and renewing the inner man of the worshiper. So the outer court required making of sacrifices demanded by law to enter into the Holy of Holies. Yet these sacrifices did not give us access. It didn't give us access. God wants a relationship with man. The Bible says that yet are incapable of perfecting the conscience or of cleansing and renewing the inner man of the worshiper. So there is no other blood sacrifice needed again to gain access. You don't need anyone to help you gain access to God. Jesus Christ gave us full access by his blood. So our access code to the Holy of Holies is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus pays the full price. Everything is paid for. So why do we go and uh, meet priests and say, oh, I'm going to buy you provisions, uh, help me fast, help me pray, speak to God on my behalf. You're wasting your money and your time. You're wasting your money and your time. The access code to the most holy place is the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. All these other things are legalistic things that can never throw open the door of the Holy of Holies. Because verse 8 says, By this the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true Holy of Holies is not yet thrown open as long as the former, the outer portion of the tabernacle, remains a recognized institution and is still standing. Saying that the first tabernacle was a parable, a visible symbol or type of picture of the present age. So being under the law subjects you to the law and the system it operates. Being under the law subjects you to the law. And that is why Jesus Christ came to cancel that amount of blood sacrifices. You are your own priest. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are royal priests. We no longer require any priest to first purify himself. You don't even know the sins that he has committed. We don't need that anymore. The Bible says that you and I, are the royal priest and that royal priesthood was inferred upon us by the sacrifice that jesus christ made so we have a better covenant we have a better covenant because we have a better high priest we have the eternal high priest and his name is jesus christ hallelujah and jesus christ granted us this access when he was nailed to the cross when he was nailed to the cross jesus christ said in john chapter 19 verse 30 he said when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the, the ghost. Matthew's account of what played out is seen, at, um, is seen in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 to 51. That's what played out at the cross. Verse 50 says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent jesus said it is finished every sacrifice needed done sealed and then the bible goes on to explain to us that the veil which covered which stopped 
you know, covered us, covered people from moving from the holy place into the most holy place was torn in two. So the barrier between humanity and God was shred completely. The full price of redemption paid. Mission accomplished. We have been sozoed. We have been sozoed. We have been delivered. We have been redeemed. So now you and I can come boldly into the throne room. You and I can come boldly by the precious blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus gives us complete access. So I asked myself a question. Why was the temple veil torn? Why allow Jesus go through so much? And for me, the answer I got was, so we can all leave the outer courts. You know, in the outer courts, you have crowds, you have multitudes, you have doctrines, you have religion, you have all sorts of people. So we can go past the outer courts where there are bantering of animals and all sorts going on, and we can leave the place of noise and step into the holy place. And once in the holy place, the, the, the Holy Spirit illuminates the way and says, this is the way to the heart of the Father. This is the way to the throne room. This is the way. And the blood of Jesus is the access code that says, come in. The blood of Jesus, the access code. And in the throne room, there is no noise. There's no distraction. We're focused. We're facing the Father. We're there just leaning on his bosom. Just listening to the heartbeat of God. Just, just resting at the bosom of God, the Father, because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ paid on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. This is so exciting. And you know, previously, only the high priests, the earthly high priests could have this opportunity of going into the throne room. But Jesus Christ showed up. Jesus Christ showed up. Jesus Christ showed up on the scene and gave us full access by his blood. So the throne room is no longer a tabernacle built by human hands. Rather, it is one that exists in heaven. And it is also in our hearts. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we'll move on to verse 11 and 12. Um, at this point, if we have any questions, please kindly send them in onto the platform wherever you are at. And we will take the questions at the end of this teaching. Verse 11 and 12. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Hallelujah. I mean, this is just amazing. You know, Jesus Christ entered the most holy place once for all time, gave us the access code, which is the blood, which is his precious blood, once for all. The subscription paid. We have been sozoed. We have been delivered. We have been redeemed. The price is fully paid. Amen. So move on quickly to verse 13 to 15 says, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. 
That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. The Amplified Classic Version says, For if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the purification of the body, how much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirits, has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God, purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God. Christ the Messiah is therefore the negotiator and the mediator of, a, of an entirely new agreement so that those who are called and offered it may receive the fulfillment of the promised everlasting inheritance since a death has taken place which rescues and delivers and redeems them from the transgressions committed under the old first agreement. Hallelujah. We see here in verse 13 and 14 that surely if the blood of animals was sufficient for the purification of the body, how much more the blood of Christ purifying us from lifeless and dead works, lifeless and dead works, lifeless and dead observances. The blood of Jesus purifies us completely of all of those. And verse 15 says, Jesus is our negotiator and mediator. Who is a negotiator? So a negotiator is a person who has formal discussions with someone else in order to reach an agreement. So who is a mediator? A mediator is a person who attempts to make people involved in a conflict come to an agreement, a goal between. Now, Jesus Christ is not only the negotiator, he is also the mediator. And he's the one who negotiated our release from sin and then the mediator of an entirely new agreement. And this agreement rescues, delivers, redeems us from all sins. So, so pure deliverance by the blood of Jesus, complete deliverance. We have been sozoed. Isaiah 118 says, come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus says, I have not only negotiated the cleansing away of your sins, I have also mediated an entirely new agreement that gives you full access to the most holy place. Hallelujah. Full access into the most holy place. So I enter the holy of holies. I enter by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, I enter to worship you only. I enter to honor I am. Hallelujah. We enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, the one sacrifice that paid everything, everything. We have access. Praise God. So we'll move on to verse 16. Verse 16 to 23 says, For where there is a last will and testament involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will 
and testament is valid and takes effect only at death since it has no force or legal power as long as the one who made it is alive so even the first covenant was not inaugurated and ratified and put in force without the shedding of blood verse 19 for when every command of the law had been read out by moses to all the people he took the blood of slain calves and goats together with water and scarlet wool and with a bunch of high and sprinkled both the book which is the role of the law and covenant itself and all the people saying these words this is the blood that seals and ratifies the agreement which god commanded me to deliver to you and in the same way he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and all the sacred vessels and appliances used in divine worship under the law in fact under the law almost everything is purified by means of blood and without the shedding of blood there is neither release from sin and its guilt nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins by such means therefore it was necessary for the earthly copies of the heavenly things to be purified but the actual heavenly things themselves required far better and nobler sacrifices than these the law requires constant blood sacrifices that's what the law requires constant blood sacrifices for the remission of sins but jesus christ came and made, up, and made the one of subscription for us and you know as pastor richard shared with us last week he said leviticus 17 11 says for the life of the flesh is in the blood and i've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul so for both the old covenant and the new covenant to be ratified and sealed blood was required right because blood represented the life used in the exchange you know as we see here that in verse 17 it says for a will and testament is valid and takes effect only at death since it has no force or legal power as long as the one who made it is alive so even the old covenant was not inaugurated and ratified and put in force without the shedding of blood so for the covenants to take place both the old one and the new one blood was required however a higher level of sacrifice was required for the new covenant because the blood of animals could no longer atone for the level that god wanted to take us to you know you cannot use the same level of sacrifice and expect the same level of results it's not going to happen a higher sacrifice a higher level of results so the blood of lambs and bulls and heifers could purify the body but to cleanse us from lifeless and dead works we require the blood of jesus and that is the highest sacrifice jesus was and is the highest sacrifice a lamb without blemish and on him was laid all the sin of the world on one man was laid all the sin of the world so there is no other blood sacrifice required jesus christ is the blood sacrifice that was shed for us and the blood of jesus is so potent it wipes off the entire sin of the world not just that it is potent enough to give us access into the throne room into the most holy place the throne room of the father we have full access granted by the precious and eternal blood of jesus no other sacrifice is needed hallelujah hallelujah no other sacrifice is needed 
only the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we'll move on to verse 24 to 28. It says, For Christ the Messiah has not entered into a sanctuary made with human hands, only a copy and pattern and type of the true one. But he has entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the very presence of God on our behalf. Nor did he enter into the heavenly sanctuary to offer himself regularly again and again, as the high priest enters the Holy of Holies every year with blood not his own. For then he would for then would he often have had to suffer over and over again since the foundation of the world. But as it is now, he has once for all at the consummation and the close of ages appeared to put away and abolish sin by his sacrifice, the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for all men to die once, and after that, judgment. Even so it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sin of many once and once for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, not to deal with sin, but to bring full salvation to those who are waiting for and expecting him. Hallelujah. This scripture shows us clearly that Jesus Christ is in the presence of God the Father on our behalf, on my behalf and on your behalf. Jesus Christ has once for all abolished sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it is appointed for all men once to die. And after that is judgment. Jesus Christ has paid the full price. His blood is the access code to the throne room of the Father. The blood of Jesus is potent enough to wipe away all sins, to wipe away every lifeless work. The blood of Jesus speaks on our behalf in the throne room of the Father. That is how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have come to the end of this teaching. Praise God. Do we have any questions? Do we have any questions on any of the chat rooms? Um, I think Papi is joining us. Hi. Good evening, sir. Welcome, sir. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you loud and clear, sir. Awesome. Well done. Thank you, sir. Um, so we don't have any questions online. However, um, I would like, I have um, a question, you know, which is verse 28 of Hebrews. It says, even so it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many once and once for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, not to deal with sin, but to bring full salvation to those who are waiting for and expecting him. I don't know, sir, if you can, you know, shed more light on that because um, for me, it's like the appearance of Jesus is when we will have full salvation. So what is the difference of being saved already and then waiting for the appearance of Jesus for full salvation still? Well, I think the, um, the, the defining word there is full 
and that fool will suggest that something was not as full <laughs> that we we have at the moment uh, um um and that can be confusing because the work on the cross of calvary is complete you know there's there's nothing to add to it there's nothing to take away from it so that work is full it's complete in itself however our experience of it is not full our experience of it is not full because people are still needing healing jesus dying on the cross is complete atonement let's take one aspect healing for instance of our physical bodies and even our mental mind our minds our mental health so but we, we still need to believe God for healing time and again. True? True. Yes, sir. And, um, and our bodies, you know, age, you know, even if we look, even if we look um, 40, when we are 80, mm. we still don't look like a baby when we were born. True. So, so our bodies age. And Again, I'm just taking the physical aspect first alone by itself. So, but when he comes, yeah. this mortal body will give way for an immortal body. Then we are now talking about something that's fuller than what we are currently experiencing. So, so we have like a transformation, a, um, a rapturing, if you will, of an exchange of that which can decay to that which cannot decay so in that light yes wow wow so there is there is room for more there is more in christ there is always more in christ hallelujah ha, ha. Absolutely. wow Absolutely. wow okay sir i don't know if there is any other thing you want to share with us on this um okay so you you did a great job on the tabernacle and like the, the walk through the tabernacle and um and when we come to god every time we come to god we, we should understand that we are approaching a god that is in the holy of holies if you will mm. and we have access to that like you said every second you know it's, it's such a beautiful thing that if we know what it took in the past to get access to that which is the blood of bulls and goats sacrifices of heifers and all that stuff the high priest can come in once a year hmm. and like <laughs> and like you said with ropes around him with some bells, if those bells stop shaking, they know this guy is dead, mm. and they pull him out. Mm. That's how awesome that place is. You cannot show up defiled in any way, either of your sins or the sins of the people you represent. Now comes Jesus, 
and offer himself as a complete sacrifice. One for all. Boom. <laughs> of every sin. Every sin. Not for himself, like the high priest would have had to make, but yes. for us all. Now he's saying he's not going to be coming every every year to to die. He's not going to be coming every day to do it. Mm. He's done it once and for all. Mm. So mm. through Jesus, we have access to the most holy place. Such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Um. Um. You know, it's 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 so amazing. Um, I'm lost for words. Like this is the place to be. By the blood of Jesus, we just flow in. It's amazing. It's amazing. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Haha. -ha, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you a question. So why do we allow the petty things of the world to keep us out of this beautiful place in God? Hmm. I will answer it using something you told us. We live in a broken world. Hmm. And we, are, we can only be redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And as hmm. you told us on Sunday, getting mental traction, you know, because we live in a broken world, sometimes the brokenness of the world threatens to overshadow what we see of God and the power that is available, Whoa. you know, and because of that, we, we just forget the cross and say, ah, oh, nobody knows. <laughs> what that person did to me, nobody knows. But Jesus says, I know, just come, come. The Father knows, the Holy Spirit knows, Every, we all know, just come. But, you know, again, like you said, the world is broken. Whoa. And then sometimes we slip into that brokenness. But the Holy Spirit wakes us up and says, get up. Jesus Christ has paid the full price. Get up. Amen. 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 Nobody knows. <laughs> the trouble, I see. Ah. So, and, and, you know, it then shows how if we have, or rather, I know, I mean, the time is gone. I mean, this is just a big, huge part of <clears throat> everything we do as believers that, you know, if, if there's something we must get is this, you know, if we have this beautiful access, mm. this unbelievable privilege, Why do we believe a lie? Hmm. Because many times we believe a lie. Why do we believe a lie? Why do we... Because, you know, we begin to understand when, when God says in his word that he that did not spare his son, hmm. but gave him to us. Why? What would he, through him, give us? Nothing. So, so why do we, why do we, yes, I hear the word is broken. So why do we allow ourselves to be limited? 
why do we allow ourselves to be limited? Hmm. That's a very deep question. That's a very, very deep question, you know. And um, I think that sometimes we actually, the pain and the reality of, in quotes, our perceived reality of where we're in limits what we can see. So it only takes us, you know, going back and seeing through the supernatural eyes, with the supernatural eyes, beyond the storm, like the ego, seeing beyond the storm to know that there is clarity at the end. There is, mm. it, takes, it takes that razor-sharp vision to see that there is clarity at the end. So why do we sometimes um, get encumbered and, you know, depressed by these things? I think that sometimes our vision gets blurry from crying so much, from the pain, from the weight of it. We sometimes say, oh, Jesus, I lay it down. Then we go back and say, Jesus, I pick it up for a little bit. I just need to be sad a little bit more. Just a few more seconds. Just a few more seconds. Then we go back and say, Jesus, I lay it down again. But, you know, when we actually choose to lay it down and say, look, Jesus Christ knows the end from the beginning. And his intention, he says, my thoughts towards you are of good and not of evil. If his thoughts towards me are of good and not of evil, I know that no matter what life throws at me, life may think that they have succeeded. However, there is one who holds the blueprint, and his mm. name is Jesus. He holds that blueprint. And, you know, I was sharing with my children the story of Joseph and his brothers. When they threw him inside the pit, they thought they were done with him. Mm. Like, ah, let's just throw this boy and his uh, many coats of many colors, his coat of many colors, rather. But Jesus Christ, you know, God the Father just smiled and said, you think you're done? I see the end of the road now. Don't worry, don't worry. The boy just needs to go through some training. When he's done with his training, you are the ones that will still bow to him. He Hallelujah. will still bow. He will still bow. And Joseph, Hallelujah. at that point, that, ah, let me just humble myself and go and be walking and cleaning <laughs> and doing things. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a little boy. Let me just lay my head down. I'll just be doing everything. Yeah, jelly. I'm not going to tell anybody my dream again. But I can help them to interpret their own dream. So, but I won't share my own dream again. Let me just keep it ah inside here. You know, oh. and I, I think I think that's just it. Once we begin to see through the eyes of Christ, we um stop being bitter and angry at people. Because we live in a broken world. Only Jesus Christ is our full redeemer. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Pastor Morake. That's so good. Um, like the song that we sing. Father, we have confidence by the blood of Jesus to come into the place where you are, Father, to come into the place where you are, by the new and living way, we come into your holy place. We've come to worship you with all of our hearts.
Father, we've come to worship you. All of our hearts. Now, what would you say to someone that doesn't have this privilege to come into this holy place that is overwhelmed by the world, overwhelmed by the cares of the world, overwhelmed by the... and does not have the the, this relationship to come to this place, to the presence of the highest, well, what would you say to such a person? I would definitely encourage the person to come by the blood of Jesus because, okay, so after you have carried all these cares and burdens and you have, it has weighed you down, what, is there any result? There's no result. Why not try Jesus? Why not try Jesus? Amen. Why not try Jesus? Every other thing. You have tried sacrifices. You have tried. Um, you have tried all sorts. Why not try Jesus? Try this Jesus, and let us see if Jesus will not lift you out of that burden, because Amen. He's the burden bearer. He's the one. Ah, he can. He's the only way. And you know because. You know, like Isha, we live in a broken world and a lot of times people are limited by, oh, if this human being did this, if this human being is unable to do this, then maybe there is no solution anywhere else. Mm. You know, take, for instance, the person that has sacrificed animals, has paid a lot of money, oh, I just need a solution to this problem. And that person, the in quotes priest, the very, 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 very powerful high priest, of the human being is unable to do it, then they're like, there's no hope. But there is hope in Christ Jesus. Amen. I would say to that person, there is hope in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Amen. So if the person yes. is saying to, to, to you, like, Pastor, <clears throat> so what do I do? How do I come to Jesus? How do I, what would you say? I would say, let us pray. Give <laughs> hands to God. In Amen. total surrender and Amen. say after me, Heavenly Father, I lay down at your feet. I have Amen. done all that I can. I have done all that is within my power to do. I cannot Amen. carry this burden anymore. I lay down. I come to you just as I am. Just Amen. as I am. Just as I am. I come before you. You Amen. even know how I am already. But I come. And I come by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Accept me as I am, Lord. And cleanse me with the precious and eternal blood of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus speak over my life today. And let me gain access into the most holy place, your throne room forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. So, so for someone that has just prayed that prayer, so what next? What next? Ah, I will actually tell them to send in a message to the chat room wherever they are on. And we will give them this beautiful book, The New Creation Reality, written by, hmm, <laughs> Pastor Femmone. And that book will guide you step Amen. by step, step by step. You know, it will break it down for you that, okay, this thing that I've just done, what next? It will tell you how to hear from God, how mm -hmm. to pray, how to listen to the voice of God, how, how to begin this new journey with so much ease and the book is really um small and it's, so it's easy to read 
the text, I particularly like the text. The text is so easy to read and you can quickly consume it and know that. And it has practical steps that you can take that will just push you up. Amen. 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 Okay, well done. There you go. Thank you very much, Pastor Moralake. I mean, well done. That was amazing. Um, God bless you. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so for everybody else, thank you for joining us. And um, I'm sure that you had an amazing time. I, I have. I mean, you know, I always like to, you know, sit down and, and listen <laughs> and learn. You know, I've learned a lot today. So I, I'm sure you have too. So um, I'm praying over you that as you go, that God's presence will go with you. Amen. And be with you wherever you are. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Amen. And be gracious unto you. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. And so shall it be. Amen. In Jesus' amazing name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. So, God's Friendly House, I mean, let's remember that this is our year of lifting, and we are lifted all the way. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.